Welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast with me, Connor Clear. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast about life, loss and love. As a celebrant, I want to look at how we celebrate, how we fall in love, the milestones we mark and how we can talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. This is my exploration into the beauty of it all. And it's my reminder to make the most of the important times and how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. Yes, indeed. The Celebration Sessions. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast as we unpack life, loss and love. And delighted to have you tuned in for this episode, wherever it is that you're joining us today. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast to keep you company. Now, I have to say I'm looking forward to bringing you this conversation. March 31st sees International Transgender Day of Visibility. And it's a day when we can celebrate our trans and non-binary friends and to acknowledge and to remind ourselves of the journeys and the struggles of our trans friends. And today, really with this episode, I think I really just want to see where we're at in Ireland at the moment in terms of trans visibility and equality, representation, inclusion, and most importantly, what the cisgender community can do to support our trans friends and provide a a safe, loving space. And as well as that, I guess, as a celebrant myself, how can we best celebrate our trans friends. So joining me this time on the Celebration Sessions podcast, I'm delighted to welcome human rights activist, founding member and chief operations officer at Under the Rainbow. And we'll find out more about Under the Rainbow shortly as well. She's also the author of her memoir, My Name is Philippa, a proud parent, a wife and an ex-civil servant as well. A very warm welcome to Philippa Ryder. Philippa, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Connor. And thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, it's really is a celebration of everything to be to be a trans person, trans woman. Um, I think it's it's so important that we're visible, that we're indeed that indeed, we're confident um, and that we come to terms with who we are and let society see that we're not a threat or anything basically to them that we just want to be ourselves. Indeed. And and I think being our true selves is is so important. And and I think it's lovely to have this conversation. I'm looking forward to this and, and hopefully we can unpack this uh, and for me to, to learn about it. I think for cisgender people to learn as well how we can, how, how we can, because we hear this thing on social media, you know, to do better. Mm. You know, how can we do better and how we can, how, how can we be true allies? Uh, I think is is really what I want to, to attempt at least to get out of the, this conversation. But but tell me a little about your journey, Philippa. And so far as you've wonderfully encapsulated your journey into a fantastic book, your very own memoir. My name is Philippa. So so tell us a bit about your book. Well, I didn't really think I I went for surgery. Um, gender confirmation surgery in 2011 in Charing Cross in London. And I came back and my my best friend, really, um, from from school, uh, he has been a, an amazing support for me over the years. 
And as soon as I got back, he came across to see me in Charing Cross as well. Uh, it was wonderful and uh, great, great to see him and great to have that support there, as well as Helen and Jenny, my wife and daughter. But when I got back, he said, you know, you've had such an amazing journey that you should put it in a book. Okay, and I said, course. look, apart from the obvious, what, what else has happened in my life? And he said, but your journey is amazing. Your journey is incredible. It's so positive. So I started putting words down on, well, um, electronic paper. And of course, yeah. about three years later, I realized, oh, my God, I really have done a lot in my life. Because not only within the LGBTQ community, but also within the science fiction field, uh, like Helen and I met at a Star Trek convention in 1980. Oh, um, my word, you really? know, Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I've had, I've, I've basically got activism in my blood. Of course, um, yeah. I was very involved with science fiction and conventions and, and so on, um, running organizations. But then in around 2000, I decide, I basically came to terms with who I, who I was myself. And the book details my journey from the, from the very, very first time when I was about 10, when I put on my sister's skirt, Right, uh, right. she was a few years younger than me, so it was a bit of a tight squeeze, but <laughs> I, I, the book covers all that. And basically I submitted it to an Irish publisher, Mercier Press in Cork. And uh, eventually, once they found the manuscript again, because they lost it. Oh, my words, <laughs> um, really? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was. It was an editor leaving the company and not given access to to the uh, to his emails. Right, so, right. but it was great to on the night that we saw that we went on the late late show in two years ago. Um, I could announce the fact that Mercier had kindly agreed to publish the book. Wonderful. So from that point on, Wonderful. it was a case very much of. Oh my God! You know, uh, really, the pressure was on to finish it. I I had written a quarter of a million words originally. I put that <laughs> oh down my. to one hundred twenty-five thousand. <laughs> then the editor said, "No, it has to be seventy thousand," and I managed to really? squeeze in eighty-three thousand. Right, so the, right. The final book is eighty-three thousand, and Ooh, it's um, it's very emotional. It's very, very, very personal. It's very intimate um i don't come across well in the book which was actually my intention uh, in parts of the book anyway connor really in that really? i talk about very personal things and my feelings and well i won't spoil it for anybody i'll i'll, I'll just tease you yeah. um so, <laughs> so it was uh it was quite an experience and it's it was absolutely amazing in october to see it on the shelves of book bookshops all over the country, and a wonderful achievement as well. A wonderful achievement, and I think Philip, an important record for us to have of that journey. And when I think about it, your story isn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things. But I wonder, is the Ireland that you grew into a different place to where we're at now? There's a sense I think that that Ireland has seen so much change but, but is that really the case where are we now in terms of trans visibility and acceptance well i think societal acceptance 
it's you 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 see that people are more willing to engage and to understand to try to understand trans people right i mean it is a very difficult concept to to understand if you're just faced with the fact that say your your partner or your or your brother or your sister are changing their their persona completely who they are completely yeah. in your eyes of course the trans person themselves has always been trans even even if they didn't accept it at the very beginning and it took me a long time to accept who i was it was it was i i had some really sleepless nights and not quite depression over it but i know people who have and have attempted suicide and indeed oh trans gosh. people are have the highest rate of attempted suicide and suicide of any marginalized group within within society mm. so i think it's a case of you have to the society is is doing quite well but we need people to be visible if they're comfortable being visible and i think that's a really important point yeah, because yeah. i kind of fell into this into my my visibility within the particularly the community but even in the in, in the national media and as i mentioned earlier on we were on the late late show two years ago helen and myself and it was the most amazing experience and to see the support that we got from the general public of was course. great yeah yeah but there's a lot of education to be done still and still. it needs to be needs to be some a subject that is mentioned without any sort of negativity or uh, humor or anything like that we are just being ourselves and that is something that i try and get across in the book that hey look we were just people just that's it just accept us and don't start telling us what you think we should be exactly which a lot of people do exactly exactly well look let's look into that then what can the cisgender community do then to, to create better safer spaces well basically listen to trans people mm. um that is the be all and, and end all of it because yeah. nobody knows who they are yeah. apart from the individual themselves so trans people have explored all options and for somebody to transition and not everybody needs to transition like i did and go for surgery and so on some people just take hormone treatment or or not at all or just they're non-binary and they switch from gender to gender or just be themselves basically yeah, yeah so yeah. this is this is gender community could just understand and accept trans people for who they are and then i was a civil servant um up until january this year and I got such amazing support. It was um, Property Registration Authority. And I got such incredible support Good. when I Good. transitioned in 2009, actually, because I did the legal side first and then I did the the, the medical side. Okay. And um, all my colleagues there, pretty much, there were one or two comments, but pretty much all. Yeah, I mean, you know, the civil service. When I joined in 1980, it was a very conservative organization. People knew me as a as a guy, basically, for, for 30 years. Right. And then suddenly they're presented with this person walking in in a skirt and they go, whoa, you know, 
there's some funny stories there, I tell you. Really, <laughs> really. And uh, so I I got great support, but what, what happened was in 2016, we had a series of talks on unconscious bias in the civil service, in my department. Okay. And as part of that, the HR manager asked me if I would be comfortable talking about my journey. So it was the first time I'd spoken in public about my journey and I got extremely emotional about it. I had had everybody in the audience in tears, including including myself. And uh, that worked very well in that what it did was it brought allies along. It brought people we, we set up a diversity committee and I was part of the LGBT subcommittee. I was chair of the LGBT subcommittee. And uh, it allowed staff members to see that, uh, you know, trans people were normal. Trans people were just, and because they knew me so well, they could understand more. And as a result, we got so many allies and Uh, management support it was just it made it possible for other people to come out not as far as i know there's no other trans person in the in the organization but there's plenty of uh the other lgb um community you know so that was great so that's that's really important to anybody who's willing to be a role model to be to be visible is is you know invaluable and then of course to hold events around pride and so on and to educate yourself and to to basically just i mean it all boils down to you need to just accept um trans people for who they are because they know who they are absolutely and i think a key takeaway there is just the idea of just accept it trust that you and, and others know who you are um philip the other thing you mentioned there is education so for anyone who wants to reach out and to learn more, am I right in saying then that that is something that Under the Rainbow can support you with? To tell me about some of the work that Under the Rainbow does. Under the Rainbow has three strands um, to, to the company. We have a therapy centre, uh, therapy right. and counselling. Right. And there's 20 uh, counsellors who deal with clients within all aspects of of um society not just lgbtq though that is our emphasis um and there's waiting lists you know for all the therapists it's it's absolutely wonderful service i'm not a therapist myself or a counselor but um i've had uh counseling um as part of my transition um so that's one thing that we do but we also do outreach to companies and to community organizations and we give talks and presentations and workshops to them um there's the, the kind of we do we do two things we for the community groups we charge a very low rate um just literally our the cost of our of our time um and then we do it's the robin hood business model is what our ceo keeps <laughs> really? calling it um, you <laughs> know we, yeah we, we steal from the rich to pay yeah 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 i like uh, that i like that <laughs> and so we're always extremely busy around pride and um trans day of remembrance trans day of visibility right, you know right, so there's right. lots lots of things that that go on and then we reach out and we give yeah we do give advice and 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 help to to the LGBTQ community 
through our therapy sessions, but also just, I mean, if anybody needs to contact me, just look at my section on the under the rainbow.ie website and Good. I'd be happy to, to, to talk, you know. Very good, very good. And then within the context then of, of Pride and Trans Visibility Day and Trans Remembrance Day as well, obviously with this episode, to have this chat around International Transgender Day of Visibility, but between Under the Rainbow and some other groups as well, there are plenty of things happening, you know, events that, that people could engage with, are there? Um, the to be honest, Connor, the the um, all the LGBTQ organisations will have events planned. Right. We right. would be tending to have um, talks with companies and so on. Um, not so not not really for public public. Yeah. Okay. Now, yes, at the same yes, time, yes. we do do social media. Um, we're reorganising. We're basically reorganising the company at the moment. So. Uh, we're getting more board members and we're getting more um, staff and so on. So it's a case of, um, I would recommend that people check out Tenny, Belong To, LGBT Ireland. Um, they will have events for, for public and, of course, Dublin Pride, of which I'm a board member. Indeed, as well. indeed, um, yes. Yeah. yeah, very good. I've yeah. ne- never met a committee that I didn't like. <laughs> really really <laughs> oh god just just ask ask Helen my wife <laughs> but of course you're very busy then with lots of different organizations as well I mean that's wonderful well yeah. as I say I mean I retired at the end of January and I'm it I was told it takes six months to really organize yourself once you retire and I can understand that yeah, We're kind of a little yeah, bit yeah. all over the place at the moment. And um, so, but the, I have lots of interests, which is the important thing. Yes. And yeah, yeah. eventually sitting on the couch watching television for 12 hours a day is going to get boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you don't strike me as the type now who'd be sitting around watching television all day. <laughs> probably not. No, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, I, I think the activist in you is probably more to the front, I would imagine. Yeah, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Philip, I don't want to keep you all day. There is one area I do want to touch on and, and highlight. And I know we spoke about this off air. It, it is very important. Let's just move towards healthcare for the trans community. It is something that's very much to the fore in the wider discussion, isn't it, really? Yes, indeed, Connor. And I mentioned mentioned earlier that not everybody needs to transition um, medically or physically. Like some people want to be just non want to be non binary and just right. are, are happy in in their bodies the way they are. But for those who do need, and I, in my case, I desperately needed. That medical intervention to 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 be my true self. Um, when I uh, started transition medically transitioning in two thousand and five, in fact, it was when I started taking hormones and so on. It took quite some time to get on the path of transitioning, and I ended up writing to a government government minister, which had amazing results. And the following day, I had an appointment. I hated doing that. I hated doing that because I shouldn't have to do that. It's got worse though since. It really has got worse. And oh my word. Um, it took me six, uh, yeah, six years to go to uh, surgery. Uh, now six, yeah. it takes between. I, I, I actually don't know, Connor. I think it's about five to seven years. Really, to still. actually 
Yeah, to actually get to see a consultant to go through the hormone regime and then to get to to surgery, um, unless you want to go privately. And this is people's lives that we're dealing with. Of course, yeah. They have to, you can't move on with your life. And a very, very good friend of mine, trans, trans woman as well, she said, and it was one of the most telling comments that she ever made was, all we want to do is be ourselves and move on with our lives because yeah, yeah, yeah. within the trans community, um, there's so much happening that you need to consider, but you've got all the other day-to-day worries about your own health and your, your jobs and your, and God, I mean, I mean the way the world is at the moment. So um, to have the, the, the added pressure and worry of healthcare, um, which should be available, and I know there's excuses and I know there's a limited amount of money to go around and the right wing press media say, you know, oh, trans people don't need health care because, you know, there's far more deserving people. Well, that's everybody deserves health care, you know, and it shouldn't be a case of either or it should be all. It, it is so sad to think that we're taking steps backwards in that regard instead mm. of taking steps forwards. I mean, we look to our government for help and support and guidance. Yeah. And this is an area where it's needed and we're taking steps backwards. Yes. And indeed, society itself. Um, I was giving a talk in at an LGBT conference there a while back and I mentioned about a pendulum and you can see that in the US and God, I mean, Eastern Europe, to some degree, um, mm. not all countries, but some countries are are going back the opposite way. If they ever, if they ever right. actually progressed at all. Now, at the LG, our community, the LGBTQ community is not accepted in any way and suffers violence and, and murders. And it's it's horrendous. And if you see the Trans Day of Remembrance statistics, it's regularly 300 or more people tr- uh, murdered every year. And it's it's just a horrible. But at the same time, Connor, there is positive stuff out there. And I don't like to concentrate on the negative all the time. Yeah. Well, sorry. What, what I'd love to know then, that that's a good point <laughs> then, is, is there hope? Um, what are the positive things that are happening? I think the, the whole area of healthcare has been highlighted hugely by by both Tenny and various activists and so on. And that's Noah Halpin has been amazing in, in the work that he's done. And belong to LGBT Ireland, wonderful. And Pride as well, always gone getting um Rebecca Rebecca de Howland was the um is of course was yes. The, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And that was great. Um so it's it's super and I think the media want want to be informed. Now, yeah. at the same time, there are people who want to sensationalize the trans experience. And without naming names, I have been approached by a television company to argue my, to justify my existence with somebody. Like we and are beyond I'm afraid that. I'm not. I'm beyond, I am so beyond yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sensationalist. It's, 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 no, I'm just not interested, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think even for the wider 
LGBTQ community as well. Yeah. We've seen it over the years yeah. when we've had debates in the media over various topics. And when I see debates that actually come down to our very existence and somehow <laughs> it has to be justified. Yeah, yeah. That was 20 and years I think ago. We're beyond this now. Uh, and know? it shouldn't even, even have been 20 years ago, but it was 20 years ago. Um, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, we'll look across the next short while between the end of March now for Transgender Day Visibility, then once we get into to Pride uh, during the summer as well. You are going to be very busy, Philippa. You're going to be out the door. W- will you get time mm-hmm. at least to enjoy your retirement, will you? Oh, you can be guaranteed I will. <laughs> Helen and I are going for walks every morning, coffees and... Uh, organising the garden. She's out Super. doing her bonsai at the moment. So Very yes, nice. we'll, don't you worry. We will. Good, <laughs> good, good. Well, Philip, I have to say you're such a vocal, visible activist. And I think more than that, you're a person living their true, authentic life. And it's just wonderful to see. And I, I do want to say thank you for your visibility. Um, I'm so glad that we connected. I, I remember we connected actually at a little, um, an online charity yeah. event uh, during the pandemic. Last, last November, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was. Uh, and of course, I, I'd been so aware of you for, for a long time. So it was very special uh, to cross paths. And, and I do just want to say that your campaigning and your activism is seen and it's appreciated and it is and it's wonderful to see it's wonderful thanks Connor I'm blushing now <laughs> <laughs> no I mean it I mean it um, yeah. and, and just to come back in fact actually to your book My Name is Philippa uh, we were saying it off air that you know I don't want to do one of these insincere things that people in the media do when they pretend to have read a book I have put my oh. hands up <laughs> and I haven't read it yet <laughs> well well when we meet for a coffee, Connor, I'll sign it for you. Will you do that? Will you do <laughs> that? Wonderful, wonderful. Because the other thing is when I reached out to you to do this podcast and I actually looked back at our last correspondence and the last message oh, on LinkedIn yeah, was yeah. me saying, oh yeah, look, we'll meet in the new year for coffee. Well, and look. it's the new year and things, you know, life gets in the way, doesn't it? Ah, uh, well, it does. It does. Yeah. But look, as we've we've connected today though, so hopefully we'll, we'll, get, we'll get that coffee back in the cards. We'll do that. Excuse and I will have the book and I'll ask you to sign it and I'll be privileged as well I'll be privileged um, so look just to mention Under the Rainbow and, and for people who want to know more about what the organisation does you're at undertherainbow.ie mm-hmm. um, my name is Philippa the book is available wherever you get your books and of course I always love to encourage uh, people to go to their independent booksellers as well um, are we allowed to mention one little place uh, that I think we're both fans of. It's where you had your launch uh, because yes. a, a previous guest on the show um, where we had a lovely chat about the literature of love. And it was oh. a gorgeous episode with Bob from the Gutter Bookshop. So we'll say hello to our, our friends uh, in the Gutter Bookshop too, where you, where you launched the book as well. Yes, and it's available on YouTube, the launch, which was kindly done by GCN. Oh, wow, that's a lovely yeah. idea. Oh, sorry, no, not GCN. It was, it was Pride. Well... Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a lovely idea. So you can go back and watch yeah. the launch on YouTube. Yes, yes, Wonderful. you can. Wonderful. Well, look, we might be able to put that link into the episode description as well, but I, I, I am conscious of time. We're recording this on a lovely spring day, um, gorgeous weather outside, so you might want to go and enjoy the sun. So I'll let you go, but Philippa, heartfelt Thank you so much for joining me uh, on this episode and it's been lovely to chat to you. So thank you so much. Lovely, Connor. Thanks so much for having me on.
Thank you. Philippa Ryder there joining me. And I've, I've no doubt that there's plenty to take away from that episode. And hopefully as we approach International Trans Visibility Day and, and even going past that, going forwards as well, um, there are so many resources and groups out there that will be able to educate us and, and help us be able to create safe, loving, welcoming environments for our trans and non-binary friends. Um, so in the meantime, that's it for me for this time. Thank you to you, the listener. Uh, thank you for choosing the Celebration Sessions podcast. Of course, the episode list is, is building now, so don't forget, you can go back and you can check out previous conversations wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date with new episodes going forward as well. But till the next time, stay safe, take care. This has been the Celebration Sessions podcast. Oh,